just heard me an hour ago so this is babs rose ivy this is love talk love babs this is the talking part and guess who i have sitting with me today i've been waiting for this for like i don't know since i saw you this is patricia russo patty mm-hmm. the executive director of the yale campaign school for women or is it the women's Cam- women's campaign school, school at yale yeah yale mm-hmm. how are you i'm fabulous now Jeez. babs no you are always fabulous. Like, I am. I have been thinking about you since I met you at the president's house with the Deltas because I'm mm-hmm. a Delta and, mm-hmm. and you were there. I'm an honorary Delta. Yes, They've you made are. made me an honorary you Delta. You should be. And I'm an honorary member of the Coalition of 100 Black Women, too. There, there you go. It's on my resume. So you are my sister. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. <laughs> she has so much energy, so much so that it stayed uh, with my spirit. Aww. And I just like, I have to talk to her. And then she told me she was on Tom Ficklin's show. And I was like, okay, I got to get her on my show. <laughs> like, she has to be on my show. <laughs> exactly. So, so. We are in the midst of a crazy, 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 crazy political season. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And I heard you tell this story at the president's house after the elections, how people were calling you up furious, furious. Mm. And well, I want to run. Mm. I want to, I want to, mm. you know, and mm-hmm. you. <laughs> I've been triaging. I've been um, playing the role of an emergency room nurse is what I've been doing. So, yeah, nothing like a global women's march, Babs, to wake (laughs) women up, wake women up. And so it was so amazing because the next day um, our phones were jammed. So many voicemail messages from women. And we had over 600 emails that said, I'm mad. I marched. I want to run. When's your next session? And so I started diligently returning the phone calls and, and, you know, connecting via email and the calls went something like this. Hi, I'm mad. I marched. I want to run. Great. Well, where where do you live? Oh, I live in Detroit. I live in Detroit. Great. So where are you registered to vote? Oh, I'm not registered to vote. So imagine the shock. Okay. Because I've been politically active. I love the story. Pretty much all my life. So, oh, no, no. But I'm mad now. I'm mad now. And I want to run. Well, the first thing you have to do is register to vote. Do you have a pen and a pad handy? Because I'm going to give you the name of your local registrar of voters and you're going to go down there and you're going to register to vote. And then I'm going to give you a political homework assignment and you're going to do this for a year. And a year later, you'll either be so thrilled and excited that you'll want to do more and you will apply to the Women's Campaign School at Yale or not. And those are two equally valuable pass you'll know whether or not this is really for you now were you stunned when you Shocked. got these calls but then that was okay so that was only a third that was a third of the women who contacted us they were not attending the women's campaign school at Yale. they just weren't ready the second third are you registered to vote well of course i'm registered to vote they say <laughs> indignantly great so where'd you vote on election day oh i didn't vote 
<gasps> that one took my breath away. Okay. I didn't vote. I didn't vote. I forgot it was election day or my car broke down or the two candidates were so similar. I couldn't <gasps> decide. No. That was kind of my favorite oh response. Oh, my God. So they, too, received a one-year homework assignment <laughs> from me. I said, you are not coming to... I'm going to save you the $65 application fee. You're not coming to the Women's Campaign School at Yale this year. But do this. You know, here's something for you to do locally, politically. And if you are energized and inspired then you'll be ready to, to apply in a year. And then, so that's two thirds of all the women who contacted us. So that's like 700 women. And then one third of the women who actually called us were appropriate to, 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 uh, you know, to apply to the school and mm -hmm. have been, we have had, over, we have over 500 applications wow. for, our, for our five day session, the week of June 5th. Yes. And so as a result of the two thirds not being ready, I started to think about the importance of meeting women where their energy is mm -hmm. and where their enthusiasm is. Um, and so I decided that if I can raise $100,000, what I'd like to do is launch in the fall the Women's Campaign School at Yale, The Basics, which will be a one-day intensive for women who are excited, they have passion, but they don't know what they don't know, Babs. And so what I'm concerned is they're going to go, they're going to take a webinar elsewhere. Mm -hmm. They're going to think, oh, I'm ready to run now. They're going to run. They're going to lose. And there goes our pipeline. And we will be on this hamster wheel that we have been on all my life where we cannot get enough critical mass. We can't get enough women in the political pipeline. So that's why I think it's so important that we prepare women at the level where they are, mm -hmm. you know, and work their way up. I think that's fascinating. I so let's go back a little bit. How do you come to this work? Mm. Like, because you were somewhere before mm. you were at mm. the campaign school. I've been many places. <laughs> <clears throat> I really started as an undergraduate at George Washington University. I was a political science major. And one of the prerequisites at that time was to work for a member of Congress. Mm -hmm. And the only one as a young, fabulous feminist, Babs, the only one I wanted to work for really, truly in my heart was Bella Abzug, the late, great Bella. Google her. I mm -hmm. always say that. Google her. Because there's so many younger women who have, don't know. I know. And, and are, oh. should be so grateful for all this women did for us as a gender. So there I go, all decked out, 18 and a half. I'm in my new Macy's pantsuit, feeling pretty cute. I got it together. I've got my resume. I start in Bella's office one day, 9.15 in the morning, 9.15 I'm there. And I, I meet with a member of her staff and I hand them my resume and I say, I would so love to work for Bella. It would be an honor to be an intern. And the woman was lovely and said, oh, I'm so sorry. You look terrific, but we just don't have any openings right now. You know, everyone wants to work for Bella, which was true. Everyone did. And she said, but um, if we ever have an opening, we'll keep your resume on file and we'll give you a call. I said, great. So as I was leaving, I saw her tossing my resume into the trash. Oh, yeah. A real confidence builder. Yeah. And there it was. It, this interview took all of 30 seconds and I had a whole day that I had to fill going door to door other to other women, congressional women that I really loved and 
uh, you know, really wanted to work for if the if Bella did not work out. So I go to Shirley Chisholm's office. No luck. <laughs> Barbara Jordan's office. No luck. Who is Barbara my personal Mikul- favorite. Okay. Barbara Mikulski's office. No luck. Liz Holtzman. No luck. All day of no luck. All day. So I wind up at, you know, five-ish back in Cannon House office building, which is where Bella's office was at the time. And I'm in the ladies room, kind of getting ready to call it a day, feeling rather beleaguered and feeling like, oh my gosh, now I'm going to have to go back to my dorm room and think about, are there men in Congress that I <laughs> that I would be interested in working for? Because it really had not occurred to me. There were, at that time also, there were even fewer women in Congress than there are now, if mm-hmm. you can believe that. I know you can. So just as I was... Uh, in the ladies room there at the vanity was a, a young woman crying. My Italian mom has taught me <laughs> to be kind to everyone. I went over to her, handed her some tissues. Are you okay? I said, I will be now. I just quit my job. I couldn't take it. It was brutal. I don't know what I'm going to do. I guess I'll waitress. I'm not going to tell my parents they'll kill me, but it's going to work out. So, you know, the punchline. Oh, I'm so sorry. Who did you work for? I work for Bella. I wish you well. I said, I wish you well. And off I went to make my destiny. Okay. So those of you who've, who have been on Capitol Hill at around 530, mm-hmm. 540, the, most of the staff are gone the key staff are there because the member of Congress is still there, so they're not going anywhere. But the phones are ringing off the hook, off the hook. So I just go back and I go back with a fresh resume and I see the same woman that I started my day out with. And I just said to her, I'm getting ready to leave for the day, but I just want to reiterate just how much I would love to work for Bella. And I saw peeking out of the trash bin, Babs, my resume. <laughs> so just as I was saying that, out comes Bella barreling out of her office. And she had incredible energy. And she was such a force of nature. She was phenomenal. And she had her big hat on because she was kind of she known was for hat, that. Yeah, was for her signature. Yep. And she had a load of papers. She was holding like a football in one arm and her pocketbook in the other. And she hears the phones ringing and nobody's picking them up. And she turns to me and she points to me and she goes, you sit, answer those phones. And that was the beginning of my fabulous political career. That was it. That's one of my my second favorite story. I'm telling you that that was it. So all these, you know, women who are just kind of waiting, waiting for things to happen, waiting for the phone to ring. You've got to make your own magic. Mm -hmm. You've got to get out there and create the, the job of your dreams, which is basically what I did, because that's the beauty of having a political career. You know, you can you can move up very, very quickly. Liz Abzug actually loves that story. Every time I'm at a event honoring Bella, she's like, Patty, get up and tell that story. I love it's uh, it's a great story. Yeah. It's a great story and it speaks to um confidence mm-hmm. that you have to draw from mm-hmm. to sort of say I'm not going to be defeated. I'm going to go back around. Because if you would have just left after that first no, right? Right. 
You would have never known that there was a woman in the bathroom crying about quitting her job. And you would not have been in that space. Exactly. To sort of like, oh, good luck to you. Yeah. And then race back. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> I mean, that's just how it is. Though. That is how it is. And you always have to be proactive and resilient and know that if you really want something to, make, to, to work in your life, you can figure out a path. That's, That's how it's worked out for me. So then Abtal, I was, I was with Bella for a, a long time because mm -hmm. when Bella then ran against Daniel Patrick Moynihan in that Senate primary, and she lost by very little, I moved back in with my parents in New Jersey so I could work on that primary. And then I went back to D.C. and I worked for Planned Parenthood of Metropolitan Washington. Mm -hmm. um, and then my husband got into the Yale School of Management. And so then I, I moved up here got a job here, worked on Ella Grasso's reelect campaign, um, started working very closely with Rosa, mm -hmm. our Rosa, a congresswoman um, who, uh, at the time, uh, raising money for pro-choice Democratic women candidates. And then I became head of the Permanent Commission on the Status of Women and did lobbying for women in here in Connecticut and in federally. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And wow. just So my whole path has been this, big fun adventure accident. You know, I just, I, I mean, my mother was like, what are you going to do with this? You know, how are you going to live? And I was like, mom, I love it so much. I'm just going to make it work mm -hmm. because I was always the rebel. I was always the, the non-traditional one. You know, my brother and sister have sisters have very traditional paths, but me, they just, <laughs> they would just shake their heads. And, but they had such confidence in me. They just knew no matter what, mm -hmm. it was going to work for me. No matter what I did, it was going to work for me. So you, so you, so how did you get to the Yale campaign school? How did you get here? So, um, I was doing a lot of, um, fundraising. Mm -hmm. It was 1992. It was the year of the woman. That was the first year. It was the year of the woman. <laughs> and, uh, there were so many women who were running for Congress nationally who were coming to Connecticut. Connecticut was very flush back then. So women on both sides of the political aisle, Democrats and Republicans, were coming to Connecticut to raise money. For instance, Carol Mosley Braun mm -hmm. was running for U.S. Senate then. I think she came three times. She couldn't believe how much money she was able to raise in little Connecticut. And many of those women ran and won that year. Mm -hmm. So we were feeling pretty good. I have to say many of the women leaders that I love and work with here in the state, we were feeling pretty good about, wow, okay, here are all these wonderful role models for women. They've won. They're going to be seated in Congress. So now women are going to look to that and say, they did it. I can do it too. Except that didn't happen. 1993, there were virtually no women running. It was basically white men who were running again. And a woman by the name of Andre Brooks, who was a reporter for the New York Times at the time, who lives in Westport, was the one who had the dream of, I think the only way we're going to get women in the pipeline is if we have a campaign school for women to deal with issues and challenges that women face as candidates that men never do. So, talk so that about was the that. launch. That was the launch. I like, we were gonna, I want to get to that. Don't let me lose sight of that because mm -hmm. I want to talk about mm -hmm. the barriers to women um, mm -hmm. running for office. Mm -hmm. Okay, so that was the launch. That was the launch. And so then... She started meeting with a group of women leaders. Um, Rosa got involved. Susan, uh, Nancy Johnson, who's a former 
moderate Republican congresswoman from the New Britain area Mm -hmm. got involved because um, Andre's dream was that it be nonpartisan, that it be issue neutral, that you didn't have to be pro or con an issue to attend the school, um, and that we have an international component to the program, and that it be based at Yale. Mm -hmm. So, you know, a a group, you know, or kind of organized and thought about it and thought it through and then went, went over to Dean, then Dean Guido Calabresi mm-hmm. at the time. And he said, okay, I'll give you one year. And here we are 23, 23 years, years later. later. Yeah. That's a good story. Yeah. Too. So we have, we have such an extraordinary partnership with Yale law school because now there have been many deans, you know, since Guido and they've all been phenomenally supportive. And we're just so grateful for that connection and now with um, Peter Solovey and Marta Moret, Marta's like one of our ambassadors. Mm-hmm. She's been en- enormously supportive of the program. And uh, we're so proud to be at Yale. Good. It's a good place. It's a good place. So mm-hmm. now. Uh, barriers. 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 But before barriers. Mm-hmm. No, let's get to barriers. Because okay. I want to ask you about all the other. Now I'm starting to see all the other kinds of training schools for mm-hmm. campaigns mm-hmm. and i've seen them and and let me tell you how i found them because when i looked you up on facebook mm-hmm. you know when when facebook finds out that you're looking for something they send you everything in the universe related to yes. that yes. so i came across all these different mm-hmm. schools mm-hmm. i was like what i've never heard of these things mm-hmm. <laughs> i've only known the Yale. well again that is i mean many of them have been in existence for at least 10 years but many of them are have been created since the March, mm-hmm. really. So they're brand new. Okay. Um, I think all training is good. You can learn from wherever you're going. I just think that ours is exemplary. Mm-hmm. I think that um, I say to our students on Monday that by Wednesday, they're not going to recognize themselves. We have our faculty, Democrats and Republican, who have worked on presidential races work on congressional races. That is the caliber of individual we have teaching at our school. And the quality of the students that we have coming to the school that have a background not only in um, running for office, many of them are serving either at the local or state level and are getting ready to launch for Congress, Attorney General, Governor. How do I make that leap? How do I not make those rookie expensive mistakes? Mm -hmm. That's what they want to avoid. But we also have a campaign management component that I think is really important because when you look at, again, the, uh, the landscape of campaign managers who are women, you think of Donna Brazil on the democratic side. And now you think of Kellyanne Conway on the Republican side. And that's all you think. (laughs) That's all you think. So we still need Women yes. in the pipeline on that side, That's because true. there are barriers on that that side as well. There are many women out there that are finance directors or deputy co- campaign managers, but getting to that top spot, there's still a barrier. Yeah. Um, so, for instance, Kirsten Gillibrand, U.S. Mm-hmm. Senator from New York, is a proud graduate of our school. Gabby Giffords, a former congresswoman from Arizona, not only is a graduate of our school, but she served on our board for many years. And um, Elizabeth Esty, who's one of our current congresswomen from Connecticut, mm-hmm. is a graduate of our school. And her daughter, Sarah, 
attended the school simultaneously with her mom because her daughter, Sarah, was going to be her campaign manager. Nice. Yes. So now her daughter is a proud Yale Law School graduate. <laughs> uh, but that is always the best when a, can- when a candidate can identify a woman that she knows is going to run her campaign and they apply together. Mm-hmm. That is the That's best scenario. Ideal, right? It's ideal. It rarely happens. But it is ideal. So talk about some of the, because uh, when you were at the president's house, and I've never been there, and it was beautiful to be there. Isn't it beautiful? The people's house. I love it. It is. Well, that's Marta. <laughs> I like it. Mm-hmm. Um, talk. You talked a little bit about um, the barriers to women. Mm. Um, running for office and supporting women running for office. Mm. So I like to use my story of, when a man decides to run for the U.S. Senate. Mm-hmm. When a man decides to run for the U.S. Senate, Babs, he gets up, he gets dressed, he looks in the mirror, and he says, I'm going to run for the United States Senate today. Can I raise the $10 million, which is the minimum for an uncontested Senate race? Of course I can. I have plenty of friends. They have friends. I'm a good guy. No problem. Do I know all the issues facing my state? No, but I'll outsource it. I'll hire people to tell me what the top three issues are facing our state, and then I'll just run around and articulate them. (laughs) Do I know enough people who are going to vote for me? I've got friends. They've got friends. I belong to the country club. I play golf. No brainer. Okay, that's the scenario typically for Mm -hmm. a man when he decides to run for office. When a woman is contemplating running for office, it's $10 million. I can't raise $100 at my daughter's bake sale. How am I going to raise that kind of money? I don't know all the issues facing my state. I better get on my laptop and start researching them, which is what I do myself. I'm constantly stopping myself. You know, we as a gender are multitaskers. So we feel like we can, we're super women. We can do it all. (laughs) Do I have enough friends and do I have enough contacts who will vote for me? No, my holiday card list is just not that long. (laughs) So while it never occurs to a man that he can't win, Mm -hmm. we create barriers in our heads, red flags on all the ways we cannot, Mm -hmm. women cannot win. So that's the wonderful thing about training, right? Because if you feel prepared and engaged and inspired and you have the, you know, the training that you need to get Mm -hmm. out there and take calculated risks, you're skewing yourself for success. That's what we're doing on our pipeline. We're creating this pipeline. I think the number one reason why so many women are hesitant is because they're filled with self-doubt. They're filled with self-doubt. I know that fundraising is indeed, you know, a monumental task. And men tend to be much more confident in fundraising and fundraising for women is difficult. That's why we spend almost half a day training about fundraising, putting the fun in fundraising, feeling confident, (laughs) selling yourself. Yeah. Okay. But I really think it's self, I think it's lack of self-confidence. I think, and and I think as a result of that, it's not, we don't just see it politically. We see it everywhere. How many female CEOs do we have, right? How many women leaders are there out there, really? Mm -hmm. And so it's just not a crisis politically, Babs. It's a crisis across the board in our country. And so I feel so proud that we're able to really deal with it effectively at our school on the political, political path. 
So part of that self-confidence, too, is appearance, because you talk a little bit about that, too. At least I heard you talk a little bit about, mm. you know, you get women um, appearance ready, you know. Yes, like- <laughs> that's one of my favorite. I reinstituted my two-hour favorite, uh, one of my favorite uh, workshops during the week. It's called Dress to Win. And that was really based on the fact that women have no idea what business casual means. It's the bane of a woman's existence. Is it a juicy couture uh, (laughs) sweatsuit? Is it a cocktail dress with a blazer and a flag pin? What is it? Tell me what it is. They really don't know. They really don't know. It's very confusing. So when a woman is accepted to our school, we tell her about the Dress to Win segment run by a TV news anchor in D.C. She's fabulous. So we tell them to pack two outfits there. You're making your announcement speech outfit, which they do pretty well in. But the the business casual pack your business casual outfit to be critiqued. It runs the gamut to what I said. I mean, there was one woman who walked in with a black bra and a white blouse. And I said, oh, my God, Madonna is running for Congress. (laughs) And so. We want to level the playing field for women. We don't want potential voters looking at you when you walk in a room and make judgments about you based on how you look, Mm -hmm. your appearance. We want it to be neutral. We want you to look polished, professional. We want you to feel fabulous. So, you know, create your own look. But when one of our rock star graduates comes into a room, We want voters to look at her and say, wow, look how together she is. Mm -hmm. I can't wait to hear what she's got to say. And that's, I mean, I, I hear some of that, but I mean, I, I have to think about how Hillary Clinton was always sort of Mm -hmm. talked about Mm because of her pantsuits Mm -hmm. and her hair. Yes. Like that was always her hair. Obsessed about her hair. Oh my God. Mm -hmm. Or the time where. Someone saw her without makeup and mm-hmm. they were just mm-hmm. like, this woman is 70 some years old. Mm-hmm. She doesn't have to, she has to look like a playboy bunny all the time. Right. Well, again, it just speaks to the culture, our culture. And so that's why I say to women all the time, I don't really care what you look like in the privacy of your home, <laughs> but the minute you step out the door, mm-hmm. you've got to look rock star fabulous. Even if you're just quote unquote, going to a store running errands because that's when you're going to bump into people. Yeah. It's just when you're going to run into people. And yes, there are always going to be comments about your hair and your outfit. But if you know who you are, if you are your authentic self, it just kind of rolls off your back. And I think Hillary did that really well. She was like, wow, you want to talk about my hair? You know, I want to talk about health care <laughs> kind of thing. Um, so and then, you know, once they were off her clothes, they were off how expensive her clothes were. So sometimes it's just yeah, endless. I it's thought, endless. I thought that was yeah, it's endless. Because we it's, never say to men and men's clothes are out. I mean, I, I don't see any men shopping too much in Marshall's for a suit. No, or, I have yet to. I've not, I've right. not seen it. Mm-hmm. Right. Like they mm-hmm. go and get. Mm-hmm. Three, four hundred dollars suit, and that's exactly. But you don't know that because they all look alike. I'm sorry, <laughs> you know one, you know blue suit, you know, this and just you know like another. again, blue suit, white, white shirt, either a blue tie or a red tie, depending <laughs> upon their political persuasion, and a flag pin, and they're done. Yeah, they're done. But it's not so easy for us. So that's why, 
the importance of creating your own vibe and your own style and feeling comfortable in that so you can concentrate on what you're saying is so important. Mm. If you just tuned in, this is Babs Ross Ivy and this is Love Babs Love Talk. And I'm talking to the fabulous Patty Russo and you're listening in on 103.5 FM on WNHH FM, uh, live streaming on the New Haven Independent.org. So every time you have a class, Patty, um, do you think about um, what you're going to offer? Is it a set core thing that you offer or do you have to sort of pay attention to the changing landscape we, and, and sort of adjust? We tweak it. We tweak okay. it every year, which we're tweaking it big time this year. Um, and so we're always evaluating, are we teaching um, the most cutting edge subjects? Mm-hmm. Cause now uh, you've got social media yeah, that I mean, you didn't have. Exactly. I mean, 15 years ago yeah. we weren't teaching social media. Yeah. Now again, that's, that's, a, that's a day at the school. It's so important. Mm-hmm. Um, and so we're constantly tweaking. I mean, we're looking at the way in which we're going to teach the whole media um, segment, you know, the issue of fake media. And this is when the cultures, the two cultures of the party comes into play because the Democrats affectionately refer to it as fake media, but Republicans don't necessarily do. Right. So, it's a challenge, and that's why we have um, hands-on board members who help help me put the schedule together. So we make sure that we are on the mark, mm-hmm. and we are, uh, you know, providing the most up-to-date exemplary training for our students, so that when they get out there, they're they're ready to run. Talk about the importance of the international piece, mm-hmm. right? Because it's not just women here. I mm-hmm. mean, you really get out there and invite women from other places around the world to participate. Yes. Ever since the beginning of our school, uh, we have had international women attending our school, usually about um, 15 to 20 of our 80 80 class. That's a lot. And they are recruited and pre-screened and pre-trained by the International Republican Institute, IRI in DC. We have a long-standing, wonderful relationship with them. So they come to us for all their training of, of women who are running for office uh, globally. Mm-hmm. So about five years ago, we had a woman named Kawala who was running for president of Cameroon. And she was late a day because she had been kidnapped by her opponents. <laughs> now, oh, yes, we, you told we're some wood. We don't, we don't have that challenge facing <laughs> American women yet. But as soon as she arrived, I said to her, Ka, you really need to take the podium and tell your story because women in America are always waiting for that perfect moment to run for office. Whereas international women take calculated risks. They create their moments. And her story was just so inspiring that you really understood the importance and the urgency of now. Yeah. I mean, it sets a different tone when you hear that, mm-hmm. you know, you don't worry about the last, you know, there was one student said, well, I'm going to wait until I lose the last 20 pounds of my baby weight. I'm like, Anna, you're 45 years old. I'm going to teach you the wonders of ruching. Don't worry about your weight. Again, I think it gets back to the whole self-confidence issue, right? Yeah. Because they're just things that just really don't. 
Well, I mean, I get it because, you know, there's so much that tells us Mm -hmm. we're never good enough. Mm -hmm. You know, you're not pretty enough. You're Mm -hmm. not thin enough. You're not. Mm -hmm. It's just always a not or something. Right. right? Right. And so women can internalize that because Mm -hmm. everywhere you go, you're given Mm -hmm. this is who you're Mm -hmm. not. (laughs) Mm -hmm. But if 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 you're willing to look inward and know and tune in and know that that simply is not true for you, Mm -hmm. it doesn't have any power over you anymore. So when is your book coming out? <laughs> you know, it's so funny you say that because people keep saying to me, I, I, you I'm either waiting. have to write a book or do a stand up comedy show and go on the road. I'm like, maybe I'll do both to promote my book because yes. I do have some pretty wonderful stories. You have great stories and you mm. tell them beautifully. Thank you. So Thank you should you. write. you should consider writing a book. Mm. So now what's next for you? I mean. I'm not trying to talk you out of a job. Mm-hmm. I'm just saying, well, what's you know, the what's the long-held dream? Yeah, well, you know, I love what I do. Every day I get up and I can't wait to start doing what I do. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I'm, I'm waiting to not feel that way anymore. I just kind of take my temperature all the time because I am great because I stay in my lane. People say to me, Patty, why aren't you running for office? I said, well, I have to work on issues that I hate, that I just aren't important <laughs> to me. Um, and then I'd have to be nice to people that I don't like. Not, not happening for me. I know who I am. Mm-hmm. I like behind the scenes, campaign management, creating rock stars. That's what I love. I love helping women. Mm-hmm. And so, again, that's why our mentoring component is so critical. We truly have a sisterhood at the school So after this five-day phenomenal experience, you are part of our sisterhood. We do not let you go. So we have a closed Facebook alumni page that's Mm -hmm. very active. Um, Whenever I'm traveling, and I've been traveling quite a bit, I'll send out a note to that Facebook page. Hey, I'm going to be in Detroit. I want to see you. Sign up. Let me know. And I said, you know, when if you have good news, of course, I want to hear it. But for those of you who are hiding and are having a tough day, you know, or depressed, I really need to see you. Mm -hmm. And I tell the story of a couple of years ago, a woman was running from Detroit uh, for state rep, a single woman. And she called me at 10 o'clock at night. Now I live in Connecticut. As you know, she's in Detroit. Patty, my photographer's coming. Oh, I love this story My photographer's coming. (laughs) to shoot my brochure. I don't have a family. Call me back. <laughs> and I'm listening to this message. I'm thinking, okay, Rebecca knows I'm in Connecticut. What could I possibly do for her? But of course at 1030 at night, I'm calling her back. Rebecca, what do you mean you don't have a family? Of course you have a family. She goes, I'm looking at my sad sofa in the living room where I'm going to be alone, sitting on it with my potted plant next to me. <laughs> Whereas my opponent, he's like a Ken doll and his wife's gorgeous and he's got twin daughters and a dog. I don't have any of that. Where are your parents, Rebecca? Well, they live around the corner. Wake them up. They're going to be in a photo shoot tomorrow morning. Where's your sister? Knowing where her sister was, right? Where's your sister? Oh, she's upstairs. Give her a dress. Wake her up. Instant family. Get over yourself. It's just shifting the energy. A lot of times it's just, you know, when your mind freezes because you're scared mm-hmm. and you're you're thinking small. That's what happened to her. That's all. And as soon as I was able to shift her, she's like, yeah, I, I have a fabulous family. <laughs> 
ass. Yeah, and she was fine. She, she was fabulous. She wasn't just fine. She was amazing uh-huh. the next day. But again, that's so that's the kind of connection that we keep. And the thing that I love, again, Democrats, Republicans, Green Party, unaffiliated uh, um, uh, women, they've never had the opportunity to have these kinds of conversations before mm-hmm. because things are so splintered and paralyzing in our country right now politically. They haven't had the opportunity to sit like this and have a conversation. And that's what our school provides provides oh that's a wonderful thing Mm -hmm. because i think you're absolutely right and i think and i think a a conversation without cameras or Mm -hmm. limelight Mm -hmm. is easier than sort of you know yeah let me know who you are let me know what you think yeah and you know everyone has an equal voice at the school and everyone has a responsibility to speak up and everyone has a responsibility to be respectful and kind toward one another. So I believe that in, in addition to providing exemplary training, Babs, we're also changing the culture of the way in which we, we, com- we, we deliver our political, our political system, mm-hmm. you know, because I, I'm, I'm old enough to remember when Democrats and Republicans, Republicans actually worked together. Yeah. I tell the story of when I worked for Chris Dodd and I couldn't find him. Nine times out of ten, there he would be in the Senate dining room with his two best friends, Ted Kennedy and Bob Dole. I mean, not happening. Except on the on the um, on the female side, where Barbara Mikulski, when she was dean of Senate Women, U.S. Senate Women, she would have a dinner every month, and they just Democrats and Republican women of the Senate just sat down, talked about issues they were going to be discussing in the U S Senate and figuring out a way to support each other. Uh, I understand that that tradition is still continuing. Oh, good. Uh, a f- few years ago when we were facing uh, a sequester, mm-hmm. Susan Collins, a Republican from Maine went to her friend, Patty Murray, a Democrat from Washington state and said, are you as tired as I am? We go to these finance committee meetings. Nothing gets done. The clock is ticking. The American people are hurting. Will you sit with me tonight and create a draft that we can, you know, we can deliver tomorrow morning to our colleagues on the finance committee. That draft became the end of the sequester. That's the power of women being around the table. So Patty, do you, do you imagine that the school grows more than what it is? Like, what do you, what do you want dream for the school? My dream would be that we would have so many, qualified applicants ready for a five day that we could at least, at least create a second school. Mm-hmm. Maybe ideally I'd like to provide it quarterly. That would be my ideal. Uh, again, I'd have to create my own pipeline in order <laughs> to do that. But uh-huh. I think that's why I think this one day intensive training is so, would be so valuable mm-hmm. because it could serve as a springboard to preparing women for our five day intensive that's a good idea. Mm. So now do you get calls from people saying, I need you to come and do this somewhere? Well, you know, my girlfriends are my lifeline. I always say my husband is a dream and a saint. He is a saint. But my girlfriends are my lifeline. And so, you know, I I, I walk my talk. Mm-hmm. You know, I can't just say we're a sisterhood and then bail. So I will talk to any woman who's interested in campaign management or interested in running any woman. And I will pretty much go anywhere. And I have this March. It was, I always have a busy 
March of speaking engagements and trainings. But this March Babs was like on steroids because of the March. You know, I just got invited to be keynote speaker (laughs) in so many places that were having Women's History Month events who had never had them before, which is really exciting. So I'm reaching out to hundreds and hundreds more women as a result of that, which is really has really been wonderful. I think I had 51 speaking engagements and oh trainings in March. Oh, I know. Whatever. I know. How I do you know. do that? How do you uh, do that? Meditation. All, you know, there's only 31 days in a month. I know. <laughs> meditation, extreme self-care. That's and, what I wanted. I want and, you to talk about and, that. And just loving what I do. I mean, just being energized and loving. Because I, I want like, you to talk a little bit more about self-care because that's, that's one of the things that we touched on when we were at the president's house mm-hmm. for like a few seconds. Mm-hmm. But you seem to really own that and walk in that mm-hmm. and i so admire that because mm-hmm. i i'm close to i'm adjacent to it uh-huh. like right there yeah so talk about what that means to you mm. self-care and we're hearing so much about it with women and i think we are not very good at taking care no. of self i mean we talk a lot about how we're not even on our own list when it comes to priorities oh, lord have mercy right it's our children our mm. spouse our extended family our friends it's always everybody else except ourselves but we must realize that if we don't take care of uh, ourselves we're not going to be able to take care of our world we're just not and so when i look at my the sisterhood of the campaign school in order for me to take care of these women and really be present for them i've got to take care of moi mm-hmm. i've got to take care of myself so i want to say it was a, it's been about 15 years uh, where I just started um, meditating seriously. So I meditate every morning and I meditate at night. And the power of meditation or just being still or prayer or whatever you want to call it, being with yourself, just being quiet mm-hmm. is the thing I love about it in the morning is it wakes me up. So I'm revved up and ready for my day. And at night it calms me down. And that is the beauty of the meditate, my meditation practice. And then I've, you know, I've definitely, again, being Italian, food (laughs) is like kind of number one, you know, it's our lifeline, right? And so I've really had to cut back on the carbs carbs because (laughs) the carbs were killing me. They were killing my energy, my spirit. And I knew that now. You know, all bets are off during the high holidays. Sunday's <laughs> Easter. So That's I don't I don't deprive pasta and gravy everywhere. Exactly. I don't deprive myself. You know, I don't say no to a second ravioli. That's not <laughs> happening. But I've gotten so much better at uh clean eating mm-hmm. during the week. I really don't drink much. I really don't drink during the week because I have too much that I want to do, right? And so, and then I go to my water aerobics class. I have finally found an exercise that I love. And I love it because it's so social, right? (laughs) And so I go in, I'm splashing around at the Y with, you know, 80 zany women who actually are happy to see me in a bathing suit, right? And we just have a good time. And so that energizes me, you know, just moving and just, you know, the lemon water, the herbal tea, the the clean eating mm-hmm. um, has helped me tremendously because I feel so juicy and fabulous and vibrant all the time. And I want women to feel like this all the time, too. Mm-hmm. And so that's how I've done it. And not every day is perfect, but I'm I'm pretty I'm pretty amazing 
almost a, like 90% there. And you know what? 90% is, is good enough. It's good. And then when you, like, I am planning to really blow it out on Sunday. <laughs> <laughs> but I'm really going to enjoy it because I just don't eat like that anymore. So now what do you do for downtime? Like when you, mm. I mean, cause you have to get away from this. You mm-hmm. can't do this 24. Mm. I mean, I guess you could, but mm. what do you do when mm. you, when you take a break? I, I, I love to read. I actually love to be quiet, which is really kind of funny because my, I present as an extrovert. I'm really very much an extrovert, but someone was once told me that I'm an ambivert and mm-hmm. I didn't even know what that was. But it's somebody who really gets her energy from being out in the world. And I definitely do get my energy there. But also knows when it's time to chill. Yeah. I I, think I'm that too. Yeah. Okay. And so when I look at my calendar, that's the other thing. When I look at my calendar and I'm like, okay, I'm loving this day. I'm loving this day. I'm like, how did that person get on my calendar? How did that... (laughs) I don't do, I don't allow it. I just don't know what happened, why, why they were booked in the first place, but I'll just say that something's come up and I can't make it, but I'm happy to, um, to, to set up a call, but I can't physically see you because there's some people, as you know, they zap you of your energy. They're, yes, you know, they're, they're vampires and i'm i'm very conscious of that i Mm -hmm. i I can tell when people are authentic Mm -hmm. i can feel them when they are you know full of whatever Mm -hmm. and i can feel when they are genuinely Mm -hmm. a a part of the world Mm -hmm. and and nurturing and Mm -hmm. happy and Mm -hmm. and then i can also feel when they are vampires Mm -hmm. you know Mm -hmm. and you could feel yourself like So that's why it's so important that you learn how to protect yourself against those people. So my way of protecting myself is to never be with them, (laughs) never see them. What is it in Harry Potter books? The the people that suck the life out of those people. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So it's very rare. I mean, there are times when I do have to sit. But I never have a meal with them because food is too important. Yeah. I'll I'm, have a cup oh, of tea with them. I'm so but, with you because mm-hmm. I think eating with people is the most sacred thing. It is. And I'm very mindful of who I enjoy mm-hmm. a meal with. Mm-hmm. You know? So what I really do is my downtime. I'm with people that I love. I'm with people that I love and that I don't necessarily see all the time. Mm-hmm. So when somebody comes to my mind, rather than just it being like a cloud and thinking about them and letting it move on, I reach out to them. I like, Hey, I miss you thinking about you. You know, I'd love to see you. Let's get together because everybody's so crazy busy. Right. Um, to, and then nine times out of 10, they'll say to me, wow, it's so funny that you reached out to me because I was just thinking of you. Yes. I get that all the time. Yes, exactly. So pay attention to it. I do. And I will say to my daughter, because um, my daughter would say to me, mom, you do so much. It's exhausting. It's exhausting. (laughs) I said, well, it's not exhausting for me. It's exhilarating for me. But if you find that your life is exhausting, you've got to shift and you've got to look at what is exhausting you. What is it? What is it about your lot in life? That's exhausting you. I have a girlfriend who has been unhappily married for 20 years. And that's the first thing on her. Now we don't talk about it because I just say to her, you're not willing to shift. You believe that this is your lot in life and you believe that you are not deserving. And that hurts my heart because I adore you. And I see in you what obviously you cannot see Mm -hmm. in yourself. 
And so when you're ready, you know, here's the key to my house or whatever you want when you're ready, but we're not going to have this conversation anymore because you're not willing to right. shift. And, move. you know, and if you keep having the conversation, somebody's going to cut the other one off mm-hmm. because they're not going to want to hear it. Mm-hmm. So, so Patty, I have enjoyed this conversation. Are we out of time? Girl, I can't. <laughs> I'll have to come back. You are coming. We have to. You have to come back. You will be back because I want to know what's going on. Yeah. And I want you to keep continue to be talking about self-care mm-hmm. and um, confidence in women. Because mm-hmm. um, I think this is, if, if there has never been another time for women to run for mm-hmm. office, I think now is it. is it. Is it. I mean, I think that's part of the the secret sauce. I think we have cracked a code. When I talk about, you know, self-doubt, when I talk about self-care where I get a lot of bobbing heads. Yes. And they, and my audiences and a lot of women come up to me with their own personal stories to share. Yeah. So I know I'm onto something. You are. And think about a book. All right. I think people would love a book. Okay. From you, so. Okay. Thank All you. Lisa Gelman, for producing. Thank, thank you. Thank, thank you, you Patty. My pleasure. So Patty's my this new was so friend. much fun. So I'm going to stalk you now. So you All have right. to see you me better. again. You better. <laughs> So thank y'all. Thank you. Happy Friday. Happy Good Friday. I'll mm-hmm. be back on Monday. Harry will be back in the driver's seat. It'll be music and mischief at nine, Monday through Friday. And then I'll be talking to somebody else next Friday at 10. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I talk to the most interesting people. So thanks for hanging out with me. And it's it was good a to blast. See you. Yes. Thank you. All right. Play us out. Thanks, Luce. All night, Monday morning. I'm sick of this job already. With this book in a little while Me and my girls, we turned it up last week Boys love this club, cause ladies get in free We love to party Dance all night, work all day Five days here and the week is out the way Hit the floor, just past it Yeah.